Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest Hello there, Edwin. Hey, Andrew. We've hit the midweek point already. We have. It happens this time every week. We're reading Matthew chapter 10. And I kicked off the week by saying, ah, I wanted to talk about something that wasn't exactly pleasant. We started there in judgment. I just got to tell you, we keep moving through Matthew 10. I don't think this is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. Well, we kind of have transitioned from judgment upon the wicked to persecution for the righteous. It is, it's, it's not a pleasant set of topics. You know, normally when you deal with devotional reading and study, trying to make everybody feel good, and we just want to look, we want to we pump you up so that you can make it one more day. But Jesus, as he's giving this message to his apostles, it's, it's, it's not what our modern recruiters would say was a great recruitment speech. Well, it's like judgment in the someday, but persecution today. Well, there's judgment coming, and between here and there, there's going to be a lot of persecution. But understand, if you endure till the end, when the judgment comes, what you'll find is salvation. That's right. Judgment is coming. I just want to repeat to you what I said the other day. Jesus is not saying, I'm coming one day, and if you don't measure up, I'm going to zap you. He's saying judgment is coming. If you turn to me, I'll save you from that. Absolutely. I think that's an important thing. Well, we've got some great things to read here today. Uh, How... I'm going to start in verse 24. Okay, let's do that. All right, so I'm going to read verse 24, go all the way down to verse 33. I am reading from the English Standard Version. This is Matthew chapter 10. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for the disciple to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebul, how much more will they malign those of his household? So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. Okay, so while the Lord is quite upfront about there will be costs to following me, there is encouragement here in these. He's assuring you that God is aware and you mean more to God than you could ever know he's got the hairs of your head numbered and you mean more than sparrows and he takes care of the sparrows. So God's with you. If you will confess me before men, I will confess you before my father. If you give your allegiance, if you confess that I am Lord, that I am king, not Caesar, not the governor, not yourself, if you will confess and before men. Mm-hmm. Now, this is an interesting thing. We do remember from the sermon that I'm supposed to practice my righteousness in secret. Right. I, and I, I don't, I get, I get there as a balance. There's, there was a hyperbole there, but still the contrast here, practicing our righteousness in secret so that we will not receive honor and glory from men, but from our Father who is in heaven mm-hmm. and sees in secret. But here we've got confessing Jesus openly and publicly before people. This is letting your light shine even though you fear persecution. Yeah, there's nothing that uh, is hidden that will not be known. 
It's going to be declared. This is what I find interesting. At the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes end with the persecution piece Mm -hmm. and then move right into you who are persecuted. You're the ones that are salt and light. Let your light shine so that they will glorify your Father in heaven. What we keep finding is that this business about shining your light is in the context of even though you're persecuted. Even though you're persecuted. Persecution is going to want is, is going to tempt you to dim the light. And here again, we have more of this, what's nothing covered that it will not be revealed or hidden that it will not be known. Yeah. We once again have that idea of you don't cover these things up. Hey, and on this about persecution is coming... I mean, isn't that the gist here when Jesus is telling them to be like their master? It is enough to be like their master. And Jesus was persecuted. Uh, Not so far in the Gospel of Matthew, but it is setting up that that that's what we're going to see happen. Intense persecution is coming for Jesus. So one of the things he says here is if they've, you know, called me Beelzebub, right? And that's something that we just read in Matthew chapter 9, yeah. that that's one of the rumors going on around him and, and uh, blasphemy against him, that he's some kind of devil casting out devils. And while he's not publicly addressed that yet, uh, he's aware and he's talking about it to his 12 that he's about to send out and preach his word and in his name. So you think that if they call Jesus Beelzebub or the prince of the demons, that they might call Christians haters? Yes. They might call Christians evil. Yeah. They might call Christians mean and hateful. Yes. That, 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 bit, perhaps even bigoted and backwards. <laughs> they, they might say all those things. Yeah. That's not to say that people who are Christians haven't done all kinds of evil, rotten, awful things, which, of course, is why we become Christians, because we have and we need a Savior. And there are plenty of people that have submitted to Jesus Christ that continue in their sinfulness and behave in sinful ways because they are not fully giving their allegiance to Jesus Christ. I understand that. But the reality is, even when we are giving full allegiance to Jesus and we are saying what he says, in fact, especially when we are saying what he says, we're going to get the same results he got, Mm -hmm. which... Uh, This is one of those places where we see similar teaching in different places that that lead in a different direction. So there's so like in Luke chapter six, when it talks about the fact that a disciple is not above his teacher. Right. In that particular place, it's actually pointing out that in the context of if you have a bad teacher, you're you know, if you have a blind teacher, you're going to end up being blind blind. and you're going to fall into the ditch. But there's that principle of the disciple is like his teacher. Here we find that a disciple or a servant being like his teacher or his master is not just saying, okay, you're going to say the same things and you're going to do the same things and you're going to go to the same places. It's actually saying you're going to endure the same suffering. And it is enough when you endure that, when you endure the same suffering as your teacher, as your master, that's, that's, I mean, I, I almost... I'm leery to say it this way, but he's like, that's the goal for this life. So in Luke, it also, the Lord tells the parable about counting the cost. This sounds to me like the itemized bill of the cost. Okay. And we rarely count it up. You know, I, I think we probably uh, look at following Jesus or Christianity, you know, with the idea that uh, it won't cost as much. Maybe it won't take as long. Maybe it's like bidding out a construction job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It always takes longer and costs more. Always takes longer and costs more and, for a and, construction job. And a lot of times when we are counting the cost on a construction job, we're not always quite honest 
about the cost. Oh, what do you mean there? Well, you know, hey, I'm going to have this house built. And and so the contractor starts working with me. Okay, you know, what kind of fixtures do you want? What kind of fans do you want? What kind of doors do you want? What kind of trim do you want? And as we start to see how much all those different things cost at that time, we're like, oh, we got cost savings, cost savings. We're going to do this. We're going to cut way back here. But then as the project goes on, we're like, well, no, actually, I do want the gold doorknobs. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Actually, I do. I want the, you know, the the cherry painted wains, uh, cherry stained uh, wainscoting and chair rails and and uh, and the co- and and we're not very good at predicting costs. Mm-hmm. Jesus wants to be just straight up honest. Here's the cost. Here's the cost. I do think one of the ways in which modern quote, I'm putting air quotes here, Christianity doesn't count the cost, is we spend all this time today talking to to folks who are struggling about the fact that, look, become a Christian and you will be fulfilled. Become a Christian and you will find meaning. Become a Christian and and it'll be wonderful. And it's almost like this idea that when you become a Christian, your path becomes paved out for you so easily. And it, it, uh, you know, I, I guess, I don't know where I picked up this phrase. I thought it was really common, but I keep using it and people keep questioning it, but I had a friend always talk about it, rolling around in a tub of butter. It's just like, hey, you know, we're so rich. I don't I don't bathe in water. I bathe in butter. It's just that's how rich I am. Whereas Christianity, I'm not saying it's always miserable and no. terrible, but Jesus says, I want you to count the cost. Let me tell you. I do, th- you- I, I do think it's one of those things, though, that when you spend a little more time reading this scripture, you're like, wow, I, I didn't realize that was in there. Wow, this, this is a little different than I heard or than what I thought. It's very good for us to read the Bible and understand what it means to be a Christian. Jesus says, let me tell you what the cost is. The cost is you're going to get drugged before leaders. You're going to get brought before courts and magistrates, and they're going to judge against you, no matter how innocent you are. Look, you need to be wise as serpent and innocent as doves, but they're not going to recognize you as innocent. Right. They're, they're going to heap up hate against you. They're going to make accusations about you being demon-possessed. Haters, yeah. wicked, evil, demons. awful people, they will say that they themselves are the ones who love and you are the ones who hate. And it will sometimes come from your own family that's doing that and your own friends. He says, you need to understand what the cost on this really is. So you used the word, uh, I think yesterday in the prayer, martyr. Mm. Okay. The idea of a witness. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, he would not recant the testimony and he died for it. Yes. Okay. That's, that's what a martyr is. And in those early days of Christianity, the reason why that word gets used both as the one who is executed for his faith and the one who is giving testimony is because those early Christians viewed the greatest testimony as enduring to the end mm-hmm. as enduring in this trial unto until death. they actually kill me. And if they yeah. kill me, be faithful unto death Yes, yes. and you will receive the crown of life. Because that is saying, let me tell you how much I believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus so much. You can kill me and I'm still going to believe in him. But there are some theologies today that are kind of on the popular rise, like liberation theology. <laughs> That says, no, that's all wrong. We, we take up arms and we use force because, you know, our, our, our Christ is a victorious king and triumphant king. And so we need to see some we need to see some earthly victories in the name of Jesus. We take up the weapons of the wolves. Yeah. We we are no longer satisfied being sheep who might get ravaged by wolves. We, we want to take up the weapons and the warfare and the ways of the wolves 
in, in order to defeat them here and now. And this is interesting because Jesus' perspective is all about what's coming later. Mm-hmm. It's all about what's coming in eternity. It's all what's about what's coming after the resurrection. Now, we, of course, are supposed to be innocent, harmless as doves. If, if the entire world were to accept Jesus Christ as king, there would be a lot of liberation. Yeah. I mean, if, if everybody in the world surrendered and gave allegiance to Jesus, they would treat everybody, no matter their race or yeah. their background, properly. They would treat everybody, no matter their gender, properly. They would treat everybody, no matter their socioeconomic class and level of education, properly. And there would be the peace, and there would be, everyone would be liberated in that way. The problem is, is not everybody's doing that. And and we, when we turn our eternal hope into our temporal hope Mm -hmm. and act as if our job is now to take on the ways of the wolves so that we can liberate here in this world rather than recognizing the gospel is about liberating us for eternity in the kingdom in in its ultimate manifestation, uh, we're going to get messed up. Absolutely. And what he says is, you know what, look, I, I know I'm looking at a lot of oppressed, pained, hurt people, and I just want you to know when you get on my team... You're going to face a lot of oppression and hurt and pain, even to the point of death. But I want you to know something better is coming up after that. And you know what's enough? What's enough is not for you to surpass me. And look, I'm going to a cross. They're going to, they're going to mock me. They're going to beat me. They're going to nail me to a cross, and I'm going to die. And, and what's enough for you is not to have liberation. What's enough for you is to... Well, go to a cross. Follow me. Because I'm going to tell you what, on the other side of that, I'm going to be exalted, and that's where you're going to get exalted. That's where you're going to get liberated. It's enough for you to go through my suffering. It's to it's to trust God. I mean, he talked about fearing God more than fearing men. And and so the revere and the honor of God that I'm going to trust him even in that sacrifice. Uh, it's it's really, really tremendous. I haven't been through that kind of suffering. Well, I'm not and either. And I'm almost scared to even talk about it today. But no, uh, it's like I said, reading this stuff. And I think when a lot of people do like, oh, was that in there? Yeah, there it is. There it <laughs> there is. There it is. But I ask the Lord for faith that as it comes, that, that, that I will stay true to the end. Yeah. Well, that's going to be my prayer. We appreciate so much uh, you joining us today. Send us an email. Oh, it would be great if you could write this podcast. Yeah, we would love that. that. It helps people find it. Let's pray. Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for this day. Even though we have read here in your scripture challenging things about following you, we know that they are true. Father, that uh, that, that truth will set us free. The genuine liberation that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And though, Father, that might look like persecution and hardship in this life, give us the faith, Father, that we will not fear men, but only respect and revere you. Give us the faith that we would never compromise our confession, our profession, that Jesus is Lord and Christ. Father, give us the faith to be faithful unto the end. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. 
Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.